Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 31st, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we had another uh, doubleheader weekend over on Broadway Radio. First, my new episode of Tell Me More with the fantastic Stephanie J. Block came out on Saturday. And then yesterday on This Week on Broadway, you had Cinco Paul, who is the creator of the new musical Bubble Boy. Yeah, I mean, that Stephanie Block interview you did was was really great. I listened to She's it. She's fantastic. I, I listened to it on Saturday, and she is so passionate about uh, about Covenant House and the work that they do there, and she brought some really good information to the table, and yeah. uh, I, I really enjoyed it, so bravo to that. And yeah, Cinco, Cinco Paul, you. we talked with Cinco, uh, who just had his album released on Ghostlight Records, uh, The Bubble Boy. They called it an original cast recording, um, but the quote-unquote original cast was a one-night thing at, at uh, 54 Below, but it's not recorded live. It's a studio recording of the same people who did it at 54 Below. Uh, but Cinco's got a great story, and he's a very successful Hollywood guy, and he wrote the Despicable Me movies. And uh, Oh, wow. And uh, we were talking a little bit about that beforehand, but he's got such a huge music background that he's sort of taken to, live in to living in New York for three months out of the year right now while he's trying to get some projects together that he's working on. And I think that he's going to be somebody that we're going to see in... Uh, but yeah. we played uh, we played three different tracks from uh, Bubble Boy on this week on Broadway. So take a listen to it if uh, you haven't downloaded and listened to it yet. Very cool. All right, I guess that means we've got to get into this news, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, so we're going to talk about the Great Comet, but it, it feels like this ongoing, never-ending story, and maybe. Uh, Maybe it's because you and I are so close to the news, but let's give people an overview of stuff in case they were away for the weekend and they missed what happened on Friday. So let's start off with the Great Comet casting controversy. All right. Uh, well, I know you also talked about this on This Week on Broadway, so you can get a different perspective on that show as well if you want to. But um, a lot of this stuff is old news by now for a lot of our listeners. If you um, you know, were kind of following it over the weekend and on Friday, a bunch happened. But if not, we'll, we'll catch you up a little bit. So let's start with Friday. Friday morning. Around 10.30, the show's current Pierre Okarite and Nadawan posted a really lovely statement on his Instagram that read, in part, quote, In spite of everything, I am grateful to have had the time to bring this character to life with a remarkable cast that truly make the Imperial Theater a sacred place every night. My pops would always tell me to be aware of the company you keep. I'm fully aware of the remarkable talents this cast holds with Danae at the helm. My work is just a reflection of what they bring have brought and will continue to bring be it me mandy whomever is co-pilot to danae and then in all caps august 13th will be my last show i will not be returning his statement goes on james and no surprise to anyone was incredibly classy and he took the high road however he did make it pretty clear that he would not be taking the kagans the producers up on their offer to return to the role in the future uh it seemed very definitive but very professional um and i was you know pretty impressed by the statement despite all of the craziness going around he took the high road um and and it was pretty admirable however that was just the beginning of the craziness on friday a few hours later we got a statement from the show's creator dave malloy in the form of seven tweets uh which had a much different vibe than than oaks to be honest with you it was very clear from his statement that malloy 
was heartbroken about everything that had happened for a number of reasons. In the tweets, he said that he was devastated by everything that happened in the past 24 hours, but that the moves were made because the show is in an extremely dire financial situation. Apparently, following Ingrid Michelson's departure from the show on August 13th, there really isn't much of an advance at all, which is uh, staggering considering they've still been above 900K over the past few weeks since Josh Groban left. Malloy said, speaking of the show itself, quote, it's apparently a weird show. Turns out it needs a name to sell it. He goes on to tweet, quote, we are on brink of closing. So sorry to have missed the racial optics of it, meaning the recasting of Okarite and Nadawan with a white actor, Mandy Patinkin. He finished the thread saying, quote, I am not sure that the show has a future now. Uh, James, I was quite taken aback by the frankness and transparency that Malloy put out into the social media posts. Uh, I I don't think that anyone is surprised by how much his heart is in this show, but it was kind of a little jarring to read it, you know, just to kind of see his heart laid bare in that those posts. So it was a little stunning. But it wasn't it. About an hour later, unfortunately, there was another shoe to drop as the New York Times reported that Mandy Patinkin had withdrawn from the show. In a statement, he said, quote, my understanding of the show's request that I step into the show is not as it has been portrayed, and I would never accept a role knowing it would harm another actor. I hear what members of the community have said, and I agree with them. I am a huge fan of Oak, and I will, therefore, not be appearing in the show. In his statement, for whatever it means, Malloy did say that Mandy didn't really know all of the behind the scenes drama and that he that Malloy knew that Mandy was devastated by everything. James, the Kagans also released a statement that went over a lot of the same financial ground that Dave did. But they finished by saying, quote, we regret our mistake deeply and wish to express our apologies to everyone who felt hurt and and betrayed by these actions. They also had an unfortunate line in their statement that seemed to push a certain amount of blame onto Oak, which frankly seems unwarranted. I I feel like there's a lot of of blame to go around um, with a lot of these different things, not necessarily with the decision that seems to fall squarely on the Kagans and how it was rolled out. But a lot of people were fanning flames um, that I think a lot of that has kind of upset a lot of people, including Michael Riedel, who posted a column over the weekend that basically said, if you're proud of yourself for kind of getting this situation to the point where Mandy Patinkin had to pull out, congratulations, you probably just cost 35 actors, many of whom um, are people of color their jobs. So it it just, James, again, (laughs) it's funny. We've had so many different ebbs and flows to this story, but I still go back to what we said on the very first day. It just feels icky and wrong and bad and everything about it, despite how people are kind of handling it and with some class and some professionalism and transparency, it just sucks. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to, what's left to say about this. I think that you covered yep. all, all the bases there. Um, it, uh, there's, no, there's no winners in, in the way that this has all rolled out. And, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, a producer might say, well, the writing was on the wall anyway. You know, this, this is not what, what, you know, it's causing the, um, great comment to close. If in fact, uh, the, the numbers do not pick up for some reason. I mean, they, uh, you and I were trying to think of, you know, 
if they had to do star casting, who is the star that could step in and step in quickly and do this? And I, I really, I honestly couldn't come up with anything that was realistic. That well, uh, yeah. and that 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 brings to the question, James: Does Oak stick around after August thirteenth, which is when Mandy was going to come in? Or does he complete his original two month? contract i mean i haven't heard anything that says whether oak's going to leave on the 13th or not i mean i if the show lasts that long you know i am i'm not sure where i read it uh i read it i didn't hear it from anybody so i can't validate it I, i read that when the mandy thing came down uh oak was paid out for his entire run and i'm sure that you know even though mandy has now canceled his appearance oak's contract is still in place i think equity would support oak on leaving on the 13th or whenever and and getting the rest of his salary that was scheduled to be there um wow. now uh oh i can't think of the gentleman's name uh the josh groban's understudy uh not dave malloy but uh the understudy for the show I, I can't think of his name. We talked about how incredibly good he was. Uh, somebody on This Week on Broadway. When Josh was in and out having vocal mm-hmm. problems, um, I think it was Jenna or Michael or maybe Peter, all three of them had seen the understudy go on and said he was amazing. So it could good. be that, uh, you know, that that certainly there are contingencies built into that. But uh, let's see. When the press releases start coming out uh, later on today, <laughs> what happens? Um, all right, and we will we will uh, bring you any updates as they happen. So, next up in the news, rumors suggest that got that Josh Gad, gosh Jad, rumors suggest that Josh Gad and Rebel Wilson to lead Little Shop remake. Yeah, James, last year we discussed that Warner Brothers was set to film a big screen version, a new big screen version of the Alan Menken and Howard Ashman classic Little Shop of Horrors. TV producer and director Greg Berlanti is set to direct and writer Matthew Robinson is pinning the new screenplay. Well, last week, reports and rumors started circulating that while no deals had yet been signed, that both Tony nominee Josh Gad and Pitch Perfect star and former West End Miss Adelaide Rebel Wilson were the studio's top choices and were in negotiations. James, I admit that I am a fan of both Josh and Rebel, but I'm actually, if I'm being quite frank, I'm having a little bit of trouble seeing Josh as Seymour. At 36, he's probably on the upper end of the character's age range, but to be honest, that doesn't bother me as much as Seymour is not exactly a super high part vocally, but I just don't know that I've ever heard Josh hit the notes that he'd need for the part, especially in kind of the innocent crystal clear pure way that we normally hear Seymour sung so that would be my only reservation but if he can do it I have no complaints with this otherwise I know a lot of people are not so happy with the idea of Rebel playing um, uh, uh, Audrey but I personally have no problem with it I love her I think she's great so um, I'll be interested to see what happens if this actually does end up being the new film's casting I I didn't even think of Josh as being too old. I just thought that this would be awesome and maybe uh just great to get new blood into into this uh this show that has is just 
wonderful and hysterical and so good. Re- Rebel and Josh are two of the funniest people in the world. Can I stick something in right here that's not in the script? Yeah, I, I want to ask you about it, and we might not have an answer. We might have to do some research and come back tomorrow. I saw Kevin David Thomas. Do you know who Kevin David is? Um, he's yeah, one of the hosts behind, from the, behind the curtain. Yeah, he, absolutely. Uh, he is doing. Um, he's doing a uh, merrily. Uh, oh yeah. He's, Doing a merrily at NIFA, the New York Film Academy. Are are they? Is it a live performance or a uh, or a filmed version or something like that? I meant to ask you about it before we got on, but we have to check with Rob and Kevin, see what they're doing, yeah. and get them on and talk about it. Yeah, I I, I don't know uh, what this project is. I know he does a lot of projects and jets all around the uh, the Northeast doing different shows, but I hadn't heard about this one, so that's cool. Yeah, we have to uh, check into that. So. Kevin and Rob, if you're listening, touch base with us if we don't touch base with you first. All right. Next up, Tony nominee Andrew Rannells to write a book. He uh, also shared a personal essay in the New York Times this weekend. Yeah, going from one Book of Mormon star to the other here. On Friday, the Book of Mormon and Falsettos Tony nominee Andrew Rannells published a uh, pretty personal essay in the New York Times Modern Love section. It had to do with a sexual encounter that he had in his early 20s and kind of how it unfolded from there. I I don't feel the need to get into those details. Um, They make me blush a little bit. But unsurprisingly, Andrew is a very good writer. Also tucked in at the very end of the essay is a note that Andrew is currently writing a book of essays. So that's great. We've obviously seen him over the years in a lot of interviews, and we've had him on Broadway video shows here and there, and he's a fantastic storyteller. So I think this will be really, really great. Um, uh, I definitely will have a link to the essay so you can read it in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. But James, are you familiar with Modern Love, both either in the the column form or the podcast? podcast? Yeah, sure. Lots of Broadway folks are racking mm-hmm. up modern love uh, bylines there. Uh, we've had, <laughs> I, I would imagine there's been six or seven in the last year or so, at, at least. Yeah, I think in one of the very first ones, like the third or fourth one, um, Lauren Molina um, from the Skivvies and from uh, Rock of Ages and Sweeney Todd, she was one of the first people that actually she might be the first real Broadway person that ever did it. She was the third or fourth one. Basically, what it is, is that these essays that have to do with real life love stories and whatever love means um, are published in The Times and then different actors read them. And uh, Lauren was one of the first ones. But I know Kristen Chenoweth has done one fairly recently. And um, I'll be interested to see if Andrew reads this one personally or not <laughs> all right uh next up cast announced for the andy menentius musical burn at burn all night at art yeah over the weekend the american repertory theater announced the cast for the upcoming world premiere production of the new musical burn all night which features a book and lyrics by les mis and smash and spring awakening star andy mientis and music by 10 commandments band members uh, or I'm sorry, Teen Commandments. <laughs> I'm sorry, my Catholic school education was yeah. <laughs> taking out one of those E's. Um, the band members are Van Hughes, Nick Lagrasta, and Brett Moses. Great Comets, Sam Pinkleton will choreograph, and Jenny Koontz, who was the curator for this summer's Encores Off-Center Lobby Project, will direct. The cast will feature Christina Alabato, Ken Clark, Lincoln Klaus, and Perry Sherman in the principal roles. We will have the complete cast, including the ensemble, in the show notes at broadervideo.com. The musical is set to run from August 18th through September 8th in Cambridge, Massachusetts. All right. And uh, finally today, Laura Benanti to make an announcement on the talk today. Yeah. Um, 
Laura had originally been scheduled to co-host the talk, I believe, in June, and she'd uh, gotten a little sick, so they had to reschedule. She will be co-hosting the talk on the CBS network, which is kind of like their version of The View uh, today. So check your local listings for that. But kind of as a, uh, hey, sorry, I uh, had to reschedule, she's making some sort of announcement as to her next project. She has said on Twitter that she is not announcing that she is going to play Eliza in My Fair Lady on Broadway. Um, I, from what I can understand, um, off, off the record, this has nothing to do with a stage production of any kind. So it is something uh, a little different. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is. Apparently, uh, the talk has the exclusive, so I couldn't pull it out of her publicist like I normally try to. But um, So I don't know what it is, but uh, apparently it is not stage-related, so it, it will be something else. But either way, anything she does is uh, super exciting, and I will be watching the talk today to see what it is. I'm already on pins and needles, James. My seat is actually pins and needles waiting. <laughs> All right. Why don't you get us out of here then? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt, and subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for starting off your week with us, and Matt and I will be back to talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.